First of all, let me say to you, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas? Okay, all right, make, I'm making sure now. I thought, I thought it, you say, well, why in the world would you say Merry Christmas? You know, Christmas is not over with. I know some of us may have taken down our tree and our lights and our presents up under it, opened them all up, but Christmas, we still got a few days left in Christmas. This is a season, a season in which we celebrate our Savior's arrival, a season that we remember fondly when he arrived in our lives, a season when we look forward to his return that's going to be coming, and for some of us, not soon enough. So again, I'm going to try that again. Merry Christmas. Oh, come on, come on. Y'all could do a little bit better than that. Merry Christmas. All right, okay. Well, as, um, say that again over there. The, oh, there you go. And let's add the last part onto it. Happy New Year. Well, I do extend, bring greetings to you from Christ Community Church in Columbus, Georgia, where our lead pastor is named Keith as well. I've been here a couple of times, so many of you have heard that joke. The first time I've heard of Christ Community Church in Montgomery, I'll tell it again. I was sitting at my desk one day, minding my own business. The phone rang. I picked it up, and I heard this voice says, Hey, Derek, this is Keith from Christ Community Church. I thought Keith Coward had lost his mind. Why is he calling me from right down here a couple of doors down? But it was Keith Waldrop, and he had talked to Keith Coward, and we needed to be out of the pulpit for a Sunday and asked Keith if he knew anyone, and Keith said, You might want to talk to Derek. And that started a relationship that I have here with Christ Community Church Montgomery and with Keith that has been a great relationship that I that I cherish. It's always a pleasure to be with you, and especially a pleasure to be with you on this last day of 2017. Can you believe it? Yeah, you might as well believe it because that's the way it is. The last day of 2017, so it is just a joy to be with you here this morning. Um, I um, asked Keith, okay, so is there anything particular you want me to bring or talk about or preach about? He says, no, no, we just finished the series, and then we're going to go into another series after that. So you, you kind of have you, you know, you're free. You could go anywhere you want to go. I said, all right, that's, that's good. I like that kind of, I kind of like that kind of freedom, you know. But I did go and look at where you have been and um, listen to even last night. I was catching up on the series that you just come out of, that series about He Shall Be Called. Y'all remember that? Uh, Isaiah 9, 6, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. I listened as Keith for several weeks, a few weeks, just unpacked that one scripture. I was very impressed by that. You take a series out of one passage out of the Bible, that's, that's, that's impressive. I, I, I do have a question. Uh, I listened to the last message that was on the website, and I heard him say that he was going to bring the message on Prince of Peace on Sunday evening. And he said it was going to be a 12-minute message. Did he, did he do that? Did, did, was it only 12 minutes? Because I've, I've, I've listened to Keith preaching. I, I, was, I, I was like, he's going to do it in 12 minutes? I, I almost drove, up here, drove over here to see this for myself. Keith Waldrop was going to preach a message in 12 minutes. Now, y'all, he's not here now, so y'all can be honest. Did, did, he, did, he, did he do it in 12? He got close. Okay, all right. He got close. Well, anyway, and, and so I, I thought about that, and as I was asking the Lord, what, what do you want me to bring to these people? 
um, the, the thing about the one verse stuck. I said, okay, if he can do one verse for three weeks, maybe I can do one verse in one message. Just one verse. And that's, that's what we're going to look at today. Just one verse. One verse is what we're going to concentrate on. Uh, I, I think you all can relate to that. I mean, I love the, the directness of Christ Community Church here. Um, your, your tagline, love God, love others. You know, you all get straight to the point. You don't, you don't mess around. You don't put a whole lot of stuff to it. You know, love God, love others. And your strategy of doing that simply by serving and connecting and inviting and giving. You know, I was like, man, this is this pretty cool. So I said, okay, I, I, can, I can be real simple just to the point here this morning. Um, one verse. It's a verse that I'm going to focus on. It's a, if ever there was a verse that Satan would love to blot out of the Bible, I think it would be this verse that we're going to look at this morning. If ever there was a verse that makes hell tremble, I think it would be this verse that we're going to look at this morning. If ever there's a verse there's a light to people's path as they walk through this life that we live, I believe it will be this verse. This verse has been called a love letter from God. It was written in blood and addressed to all. This verse has been called the gospel in a nutshell, a miniature gospel, if you will. Are you interested to know what the verse is? No? Okay. We'll get there in a minute. Just hold on. It's called building a little tension, you know. That's what I want to do, build a little tension here. Let me, let me give you a little um, background about the verse. If you turn to the Gospel of John, if you turn to the Gospel of John in your Bibles, and if you have your Bibles, don't worry, we will have some Scripture on the overhead, but I just want to give you a little background. Um, chapter 3 starts with this conversation that takes place between a man named Nicodemus, who was one of the Pharisees, and Jesus. Are you familiar with this? Anybody ever heard this before? Y'all can talk back to me. It won't hurt me. It won't scare me. It won't intimidate me. You know, if I ask a question, y'all feel free to just say yes, no. I don't know what you're talking about. Stop talking to me. You know, any of the above would do. But give me a little noise in the house. You know, I, I love it. You know, the lights in my eyes. I can't see real good. You know, I just want to make sure you're still there with me. Okay. So, so we, we, we get this conversation that takes place between Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews in Jesus. The Bible tells us in verse um, 2 that this man came to Jesus by night. And he said something to him. He said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, but no one can do these, th these signs that you do unless God is with him. And then Jesus made a reply that really didn't, didn't seem to fit the conversation. As, you know, and as I was praying about this, I said, Lord, I hope this is the word. Am I, you know, sometimes I'll be wondering if it's just me to want to preach something or if God really wants me to preach this, you know. And I was coming down, my wife and I with our two grandchildren, we, we, we drove in from Columbus a few minutes ago. And uh, we got near exit 11, which is where we turn off to come here. And uh, there's a billboard. You know, you've seen those billboards that got the different, you know, they have the different flashes come up, those electronic billboards. Y'all seen those before? Okay, I, I was just driving, you know, going on down, looking for my exit. I don't want to miss it. You know, I want to be here on time. And flash on the screen, it was this scripture that I'm about to read right now. On a billboard right outside of Montgomery, Alabama. And it said, it was the words that Jesus replied to this Pharisee, Nicodemus. Because he said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, 
he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's on a billboard right out, right? Not a couple, maybe a mile or two from his church. It's probably flashing up there right now. Hundreds of people riding down um, 85. Now, what is that highway out there? Yeah, it's 85. Riding 85, coming into Montgomery. And a lot of them are going to see that scripture. I saw it this morning. That's what Jesus replied to Nicodemus. So they was having this conversation about the kingdom of God. And I would submit to you that a lot of people are having this conversation, whether they know it or not, because they wanted to know what is this about the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? What is it all about? What does it mean? How do you know when you're there? What, what is it? What is the kingdom of God? Nicodemus was asking Jesus about this, even though he started out just with this little, just, just little statement that he made, you know, saying, oh, we know that you can't do this with all these things unless God was with you. Jesus knew what was on his heart, and he came back and he told him, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And I, believe, I submit to you that there are people all around this church right now in their homes or on their way to another church or, or, or coming in from the evening or, or, and they are wondering the same thing. And you know what? It is up to us to go and share with them what this thing about the kingdom of God is all about. I want to help us have a way to share that this morning. And that's why we're going to look at this one scripture. But first, I think we ought to look at what is the kingdom of God? Let's get a good definition, a good working definition, a good definition that we can take with us and share with other people. Maybe even share it with ourselves because we may be confused about what is this thing about the kingdom of God? I, re- I read a book recently by a lady by the name of Ruth Haley Barton, um, Sacred Rhythms is, is the name of the book. And, and I got to the end of the book, the end of the book, and I was reading along and all of a sudden, she made a statement in the book, that, and I was like, wow, there it is. I read a whole book. Why didn't you put this in the front of the book? It would save me a whole lot of reading. But it was at the end of the book. And this is what she said. That state of being in which God is reigning in our life and his presence is shaping our reality. That is the kingdom of God. That is what Nicodemus really wanted to know about but didn't know how to ask. That is what Jesus knew he really wanted to know about deep in his heart and began to share with him how you get there. That is what the thousands of people in the greater Montgomery area, many of them not church, many of them not knowing anything about Jesus Christ, are wondering. And now the way they wonder looks different. Some of them, some of them are stressed out. Some of them are, 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 are on drugs. Some of them are just have all this problems in their life, drama in their life. But you know what all of them have in common? They're looking for this kingdom of God that we know about. This place, this being, this state of being, this state of being in which God is reigning in our life and his presence is shaping our reality. But that's what the goal is. That's what we're trying to get to. That's what we're trying to share with people. That's what we're trying to understand ourselves. Jesus, in this, in this book, in John, there's one verse that I think unlocks the door to the kingdom of God. And that's where we want to stay for the next few minutes. My message is simply the gospel in a nutshell. Let me tell you about this verse. Years ago, a doctor in an ICU gave a pastor only two minutes with a dying woman who had called for this pastor in her dying hour. When the pastor got there, the doctor told him, I'm going to give you two minutes. You know how long two minutes is? 120 seconds. So that's all I can give you. You have two minutes. 
And the pastor went in to see this woman. And he, he, he was pondering, what would I share with her in so short a period of time? Two minutes is all I have. And he felt a strong impression from the Lord that said, give her this verse and pray with her. The pastor said he knew when he finished sharing this verse with her, it was all she needed. He knew that she died in peace. Peace with her Savior. Okay, enough for the drama. The verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You know this verse, don't you? It's one of the most popular verses in the whole Bible. We see it at football games and baseball games and soccer fields. We see it um, anytime a, a Christian gets the opportunity to flash it up. We see this verse. What I'm saying to us this morning, suggesting to us this morning, is that this is the gospel in a nutshell. And I would challenge us, Christ Community Church, Montgomery, Columbus, any other Christ community church, any other church, any other believer, we need to be about telling people this verse. For God, read it with me one time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now this time I want us to say it like we really mean it, like we really believe what we're reading, okay? One more time. Can we do it? One more time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For the next few minutes, this is all we're going to talk about is this one verse. We're going to talk about this one verse. We're going we're to break it down. Uh, recently, I was doing a course, some coursework, and um, the same author, uh, uh, Ruth Haley Barton, uh, she, she submitted to us this idea of when we read scripture, sometimes, you know, we read a lot, read books of the Bible, read a long passage of the Bible. But she said there's another technique to reading the Bible. Just take one verse and just read it and then meditate on it. And watch how God makes certain words just come off the page and illuminate in your heart. That's what we're going to do for a few minutes. We're going to take this one verse, 25 words. This is New American Standard Version of this of, of, of a translation of this verse. Your, your Bible may read it a little differently, but I chose this one because it's got 25 words. 25 words. If you don't believe me, count them. It's 25. I count them. I count them on the way down. I, re I read it through my mind one more time. Make sure it's 25. Now, it's 25. It's 25 words. Now, your version may have a couple of words out of there, out of sequence. You may have 24, but this one's 25. 25 words that I believe would change a person's life. 25 words that if we would share with people, it may unlock the kingdom of heaven for them. How does it begin? For God. John 3.16 begins as the Bible begins. Genesis 1.1 says what? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The book of John begins with, in the beginning was the word, and the word's with God, and the word was God. So it begins with God. You know, you say, you know, okay, I know that, but you know, a lot of people don't realize that. But you know, really, if there's a here, there's got to be a there. If there's an upper, there's a lower, isn't it? If there's a before, there's an after. If there's a creation, there must be a creator for God. Now, what about God? For God so loved. Say that with me. For God so loved. 
I want to just talk those two words, so love. We're going to talk about that for just a minute or two. So love. Love. A word we throw around a lot. Love. Love occurs 56 times in the book of John. The word love. Must have been important. John talked about it a lot. The dictionary defines it as to have a feeling, affection, or regard for, to be strongly attached to or attracted toward, to hold dear. That's what the dictionary defines love as. There are synonyms for love like affection and charity and devotion and fondness and liking and passion. But you know what? The definition and all the synonyms are weak. They don't do justice to how God really loves. God so loved. Let, let, me, let me see if I can illustrate, illustrate this for you. Uh, many years ago in the Boston newspaper, a lady took out an ad. An ad in the paper simply read this. The headlines on the ad says, To my boy who left home Monday night, September 15th. You know, in the, in the, in the paper, in the advertisements, the, the, the heading is always bolded. So if you can imagine that, that's a bold, bold headline. To my boy who left home Monday night, September 15th. And then the ad went on to say, My darling boy, if you should see this, which I pray our Heavenly Father you may, please let your distressed mother know where you are. Mother. The ad was signed with one word, mother. That was all. There wasn't a name of who the boy was. There wasn't even her name. It just said mother. Nothing to let the, know, let the world know who she was or who he was. It was just the cry of a mother seeking her lost boy. There wasn't nothing about whose fault it was in the ad. There was nothing about any blame in the ad. It was just the reaching out, the mother's love seeking to bring her wondering boy back home. But can I submit, can I tell you this? Uh, even a mother's love falls way short of the love that God has for us. You know, I brought that illustration with me from Columbus, Georgia, but I got here and I got a better illustration that I want to share with you right now. I was back there. The Wombos greeted me when I came in, helped me get the slides up, you know, introduced me to the son, Drew, and, 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 and what's that one? Uh, Colt. Uh, what's the name? Colt. Yeah. And, and then I, I, met, I met, the, met Kevin Jones back there. And, and I got another illustration that, that, he, that, that talks about this love. You know, he told me about his wife, April. You know, April was singing that beautiful song, you know, Melanie. And he, he, we back there talking, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to get ready to preach, get the message, you know, getting my last minute comments. And he said something to me. He said, you know, yeah, we got a, we got a boy named Zachary. You know, Zachary, you know, he, he, he was colorblind, had, what was it, red, green, colorblind? Yeah, oh, there he is. He's speaking up back there. See, that, this is love. Don't, don't, don't shut him down. This is love. We're talking about love here. You know, he told me that Zachary thought peanut butter was green because he couldn't distinguish the colors. You know, he had red-green. But his parents went through a lot of cost to get him the right stuff to where he could see right again. And, and he told me about, uh, they made a little a video of it. And the video has gone viral because people look at it. And you know what they see? They see the love of parents for their son. So love. Even that pairs in pales in comparison to God's love for you and God's love for me. For God so loved. 
Well, Derek, how can you, how can you, how can you give us an idea how God loves us? Romans 5.8. God loves us so much that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. For God so loved. You know, there's a, there's a chorus that I understand is a children's song. Now, I didn't sing this song growing up, so this is, you know, y- y'all might have sung this song, but it goes something like, wide, wide is the ocean, high as the heavens above, deep, deep as the deepest sea is my Savior's love. You getting a little idea about how much God loves us? Does this help to even paint a little bit of a picture? This is what we need to be telling people out there in the world, telling those that surrounds this campus. And I know there's a lot of people that surround this campus because my wife, they dropped me off here so I could get my message together and she went off to take the grandchildren to get something to eat and she got lost coming back. She said, there's a lot of houses around here. <laughs> so I know there's a lot of people right around here and they need to hear this word. They need to hear for God so love. But then it goes further. 77 times we, in the book of John, we see the word, the world, because that's what's next. For God so loved the world. Come on, say that with me. For God so loved the world. Now, when we talk about the world, we're not talking about a system. We're not talking about matters in the world. We're not talking about the, the, the government. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about people. So, for God so loved the world. Now, there's a debate as to whether Jesus said these words or John just recorded what he heard Jesus say. And, and, and I don't think there's ever, I, I looked and I looked and there's, you won't find a definitive answer. Of course, some people think they've got the answer, but you know, they don't know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Did Jesus actually say that, or did John write what Jesus said? You know, I know y'all are not interested in that, but, you know, the reason I bring it up, because this is a place where it could make a case that this must have been Jesus saying this, because would John write, for God so loved the world, with the world meaning people? Because John might have said something like, for John, for God so loved the Jews. Derek might have wrote, for God so loved black folks. Or you might have wrote, for God so loved folks at Christ Community Church. But no, that's not what this means. Because you see, God loves people, all people. And some of the people that he loves may shock me and may shock you. Because he loves Christians and he loves non-Christians. He loves black folks. He loves white folks. He loves Hispanic. He loves Asian. He loves, you know, red, red and yellow, black and white, all the precious in the sight. Y'all remember that song? This is true. It's the truth. He loves them all. He loves Methodists. He loves Baptists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, non-denominational people. He loved them all. He loves civilized folks, and he loves folks that live in the rough edge of life. He loves Democrats, and he loves Republicans, too and them libertarians. He loves them all. He loves preachers, and he loves murderers, and gamblers, and bartenders, and prostitutes. He loves all, all colors, all individuals, all social groups. He loves them all. 
He loves saints and he loves sinners. And I love that he loves them all because, see, if he didn't love them all, where in the world would I be? Where would you be? Now, some people will say, oh, man, you're getting off into some of that universalist stuff, you know. I've been accused of that sometimes, but let me, be, let me be very clear here. He loves the sinner, not the sin. He loves the criminal, but he doesn't love the crime. Y'all get what I'm saying? Does this make sense? Uh, there y'all go getting quiet on me again. I need to know now before I can go forward. He loves the rebel, but he doesn't love the rebellion. He loves the liar, but he doesn't love the lie that the liar tells. Y'all get what? For God so loved the world. Well, let's move on. That he gave his only begotten son. During this season that we're in, we know a little bit about giving, don't we? I love that report that Drew gave. Um, what was that y'all did? What was the campaign y'all had? Life tree. Now, he didn't say amount, and I don't, I'm not interested in amount, but he said y'all gave a lot of money to help people. So it's something in us that understand this thing about giving. But you know, giving that God does, it costs him something. The giving that I do a lot of times really don't have a lot of suffering attached to it. But the giving that is referred to in this scripture cost God something. For God so loved the world that he gave. Gave what? His only begotten son. Let's put it in context for us. Oh, we can give. But could you, could you stand in a window of your house? And watch an angry mob spit on, beat, abuse, and kill your child while you knew you had the power to stop it anytime that you wanted. Could you watch your child being accused, convicted, and executed for a crime? that he did not do. And you knew that at any moment you could lift one finger and stop it. See, you getting the picture? And, and, and I want to go back now. This is, you know, I'm saying, okay, you, 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 you put all this heavy stuff on me, Derek. I'm not putting it on you for just, it, it is for us. We need to understand this, but we need to take this and share it with other folks. Y'all with me there? See, people out there, they, they, they need to hear this message because we, we live in a, in, a, in a society now when folks just don't know that anybody ever loved them like that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Mm. That begotten son part in there, real quickly on that. Uh, I, I was always fascinated with that. This is New American Standard. You know, in some Bibles, they don't even put that begotten son in there. They just say that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only. Some says his one and only. 
Um, why did they leave out the begotten? Because I, I found this interesting. Some people, some, some belief systems use that word begotten to, to, to discredit the fact, the, the, the fact that we, we know that Jesus is God. They said if anything, anybody had to be begotten, then that means that he's not eternal. Y'all follow what I'm saying? But this is just because our limited understanding of the original language that this was written in. The original language, the word that was used for begotten, meant unique, one and only, special. When we hear begotten, we think about begotten, you know, like, like, like you remember those begets in the Bible? You know, Derek and Andrea beget Chris, and, and you know, we think of like that. And that's what some people look at that word begotten and they say, okay, well, Jesus had to be come from somewhere. So that means he can't be God because God was in the beginning and always was. But that we just have a misunderstanding of the word begotten. Because that word begotten simply means is that it's unique, the one and the only. But I, my point, our point here is simply that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him. This is where it gets real good and personal for me. The word whoever, we find a hundred times in the book of John. Whoever. The old King James Version says whosoever. Whosoever. Oh, that, that, that warms my heart. That means that you and me and anybody has access to this kingdom of heaven that we've been talking about. That whoever believes in him. Whoever. Nicodemus was an educated, rich, moral, religious man. But John told, Jesus told him in John 3, 3, that he must be born again. He had to believe in him. Believe in him. You know, if we believe in something, we're more apt to follow if we believe in it. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him. This is the, this is the, 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 the key point here. The, the, the point where the, the doors of heaven swings open right here. Whoever believes in him. The next line, shall not perish. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish. There's a man, a uh, pastor, who talked about, um, told a story once that a funeral home called him. There was a family that needed someone to come and do the funeral for their loved one. Their loved one had passed and wasn't in, connected with a church. They felt like he, um, someone in the family knew the Lord and, and wanted to have a fitting funeral for this person. So the pastor went down. He said he was sitting there getting his thoughts together. You know, he didn't know the man. He really didn't know the family, but he was going to do a kind act to be able to help them bring closure to this man's life. And he picked up a program that the funeral home had provided. And he read it, and on the back of it, you know, like a lot of times, they have a little verse on the back. Well, I forgot where I was at. Y'all probably don't know nothing about programs at funerals. Y'all don't do that. But anyway, I don't want to go down that road. But anyway, he looked on the back of the program, and um, there was a verse there. And he read, and he said, it's a familiar verse. It's John 3, 16. And he read it. It said, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should have eternal life. And he looked at it and said, something's wrong with that. He, he looked at it again. They had left out this part, shall not perish. 
He said, he, he, said, he thought about it. He said, I wondered, did the family leave it out because maybe the man wasn't a believer and they didn't want everybody feeling bad about he may indeed be perishing. Or maybe the funeral home did that because they know they have people come to the funeral home and, and maybe they weren't walking with the Lord or maybe they weren't religious people or Christ followers. So they did that and they just left out that shall not perish. But as he stood to make his remarks, he said he felt, he said, I must tell these people about the parish part. You see, all through the Bible, people perished, but some were saved. In the old world, people perished, but Noah and his family were spared. The people of Sodom perished, but Lot was spared. The firstborn of Egypt perished, but Israel was spared. Jericho's citizens perished, but Rahab was spared. It's not a, you know, people need to know this. That for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, whosoever believes in him shall not perish. There's an up, there's a down. There's a right, there's a wrong. There's a heaven, and yes, there is a hell. And people need to know that. And believe me, there are a lot of people that you meet, that you work with, that you play with, that you live by, that don't know that there is a real hell. And beloved, I know you're like me. I don't want to see them go there. So this is why we need to share this verse with them. They should not perish, but what? Have eternal life. Life is mentioned 36 times in the book of John. This verse begins with God and it ends with life. Eternal life is not just eternal existence because if that was the case, the devil and all sinners would have it. Eternal life. Eternal life, as we talk about in this context, what we're talking about this morning, goes back to the kingdom of God. You remember our definition of kingdom of God that we started this with? This is what it's all about. This is what we're trying to get to. This is what we're trying to experience. We're trying to have a state of being in which God is reigning in our life and his presence is shaping our reality. And it starts now. It doesn't have to start when we die and go to heaven. It starts now. That doesn't mean that everything is going to be all right and we don't have challenges, but it's something about the peace of God that comes on us that surpasses all understanding that allows us to walk through anything that this life brings, throws at us. That is what we are offering. That is what God offers. That is what the church offers. That is what people need, and they don't know that they need it. That's the challenge. They don't know that they need it. They don't know. They don't know these things, and it's up to you, and it's up to me for us to leave out of here, and we go and share, and all I'm saying is we've got the gospel in a nutshell, and all we've got to do is share this one verse, these 25 words, and I love to make it personal. See, because we can say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But I make it personal. I say, I, I walk up to somebody and I get to know him and I say, let me tell you something. God loved this little black dude so much that he gave his only son to die on the cross for me. That, 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 
God, for God so loved me so much. He loved me so much that he gave his son that when I believed, when I believed, when I believed. And one day I did. I believed. I believed in him. And you know what? My life stopped crumbling around me. I did not say that bad things didn't stop happening because I still have challenges in life. But there's a peace that started on the inside of me that allows me to walk on and walk through all this stuff that life throws my way. And I know it's because of my relationship with him. So you can make this thing personal. You can apply it whatever way that they need to hear it. Because see, some people out there, they're caught up in all kind of drama in their lives. Their family is a wreck. Their marriage is a wreck. They, you know, you run into some people that think, man, this life is not worth living. You might want to start from the end and work your way forward. You know what? There's one who will, who will allow you to have eternal life and not continue to waste away on this life. You know, you don't want to know who he is? It's God. And he loves us. He loved me so much. Let me tell you how much he loved me. He gave his only begotten son. What do you mean by begotten? The one and only, the unique one, the only one he had, the special one. He gave him up, even though he could have stopped it. He gave it up for you, and he gave him up for me. And all you need to do is believe on him. This is the message I believe that we need to take into our communities for this year that's coming up in just a couple of minutes, 2018. He said, well, Derek, where in the world am I going to do that at? Start right there when you go back to your house. Because I'm looking around in here, and I don't see any. I, I, I know some of y'all missing some family members. You can start right there. You can start right there. Well, Derek, you know, all my family, they already say, okay, then, get outside your house. Get down the sidewalk. Well, I don't like them people around me. Okay, all right, go to work. You know, go to work. I don't like them either. Well, you might need to read this verse for yourself. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, what do y'all say? Love God and what? What's your motto here? Love God and? Come on one more time. Love God and? That's the challenge for us today. That's all I wanted to share. Just one verse. I hope y'all didn't mind that too much. And I hope it challenges you. If you don't know this verse for yourself, you've got to start right there. Start right there.